Look at us. Look at us. It's Monday. It is March 21st. It's the bar is open. Let's face it. It's 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 five o'clock somewhere. It's five o'clock where we are. It's time for some grappy hour. We're gonna hang out for a bit. We're gonna talk about some wrestling, some some over, some under, some stuff you know, some stuff you don't know. And uh I've got Lily here who is always with me to do the show. Uh Fightful, Fightful Select Superstar Lily. How you doing? I'm good. Um, like I was saying just before we got on air, um, it's finally spring officially in Toronto and Canada. So you can touch grass and not freeze to death anymore, which is lovely. Isn't it great? Oh, I went yes. out today and I had the nicest walk. It was just so comfortable. You can go out in a sweater or a light jacket and just enjoy the surroundings. The snow is starting to melt in Toronto. It's so much more comfortable. And people, like you said off air, people are smiling and people are nice again. Temporarily. Temporarily. And then the snow is going to come and we're all fucked. <laughs> Pretty much. How, how have you been? Because we we didn't do the show last week. Uh, we decided today that we would have enough to talk about and we'd come back this week. Uh, what, what's been going on? How, how are you feeling? They dropped uh, your interview with Kid Bandits. Yes. On, on select and on the main yeah. channel today i thought oh. uh i told you offline i think it was a great interview it was really Thank really you. fun and uh yeah how are you feeling uh, tell me how are you feeling with the interview with everything um today was a really good day because i actually had no idea that when it went up on the main site and um, i asked sean i was like uh do you know when it's going up on the main site and he was like it already is you idiot or something like that so um i was i was pleasantly surprised and um i'm glad that kid has seen it and um, they retweeted it and all their fans are seeming to like it and it's getting a good response and um i hope to um, have some other interviews which i do have a few in the pipeline i don't want to reveal with who i kind of just like dropping them as surprises um but yeah i'm really stoked on that thanks for uh the plug um yeah. i feel like i'm talking too much about myself how are you doing I'm great. I, I did uh, a Q&A with Jimmy Van for Select yeah. last week. That was a lot of fun. So uh, you can all go and check out that if you're a Fightful Select subscriber. Jimmy and I sat down for almost an hour and a half just uh, taking questions and answering them and, and going a little back and forth. It was a nice uh, a nice experience because Jimmy and I, we rarely get a chance to interact, especially in this way. So uh, for him and I to sit down was, uh, was really nice and just... Things are getting closer. I, the, for those who know how my personal life has been, it's been uh, a little bit crazy, and I, I'm I'm on standby right now. So everything everything's good. Everything you have the bag ready to go and everything. Yeah, the bag is at the door. We're all ready to go. Uh, and if you want to support us with uh, with your own bag of money, you can send us your super chats. That's the uh, the little dollar sign. If you're watching on YouTube, that'll that'll get you to support us a little bit further because that's what we are. Fightful Overbooked is completely self-sufficient, self-reliant, whatever you want to say, that's how we are. And we're going to talk about some wrestling because I think uh, that's what we're here for, isn't it? I think so, yes. And that's what I've been told. We're, okay. we're also going to we're also going to talk finally because we didn't last, or two weeks ago, about your training. Yeesh. We're I've actually finally recovered from uh, like bumping recently. So um, that's kind of another reason why I wanted to take last week off and um kind of just want to preface by saying um and i think i've said it on twitter just if you're a fan of wrestling and if you have the opportunity to go to a local wrestling school even just for like one class please try it because it will um totally change your perspective on <clears throat> all levels of wrestlers the good ones the bad ones the jobbers the pros everyone um it's brutal um it's exhausting it's um painful and it's it's really fun 
Um, and I've only been doing it for a few weeks now, but I'm trading at Super Kicked um, pretty casually, like just uh, once a week for now. Um, but I hope that, you know, learning, bumping more will lead to maybe uh, some local matches in promotions like Greek Town or Junction City or obviously Super Kicked. Very excited for that. I, yeah. the, the second I get to uh, come and cheer you on for your first match, second match, whatever, your 150th match, I think that's going to be awesome. There's a, it's, it's really fun. Is there anything like super um, exciting when you're training? Like, is there something that you're really looking forward to whenever you get a chance to, to get in the ring or even outside the ring talking with the people who are training you? Well, I think there's two aspects of it that are really interesting. And the first is the camaraderie of whoever you're training with, whatever the school is. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of people might not last too long because they might um, go to a school where um, the people there, they might not, you know, have a good energy exchange. They might not be good workers together in, in the ring. They are, their personalities may clash and same with trainers, right? Um, and I, I don't like to bring gender into this, but when you're a woman, that adds like another layer of uncomfortability sometimes, depending on if you're going to a gym with like predominantly all really young males, it's kind of a little off-putting, right? Especially if you're someone like me who isn't really young, like you're over 25. Um, you want to trade with people who are a little bit more seasoned and experienced. So um, I guess what I'm getting at is uh, research and find the people you want to wrestle with. Because when you do, it's it's fun. Even, even when you're getting bruised and banged up and bloody, um, you're still having fun. And the two things that I, I would compare wrestling to, and this probably will sound strange, would be dancing and sex, right? So that's strange at all. So if you don't have a good partner when you're dancing or when you're having sex, it's going to it's going to be a disaster. And it's it's the same thing with um, with wrestling. And it's one of the only sports where, you know, you're literally given a spotlight and a stage. Right. Like yeah. right off the bat. So that's a whole other part of it that I think I'm going to struggle with more is like the characters like selling uh, aspect of it. I don't give a shit about getting hurt or blading or taking bumps, but when it comes to like, who am I and how am I going to move around the ring? How, like, what is my persona? What is my gimmick? That's where it starts to get a little like daunting and scary to me. So, but that's, that's still like a little bit down the line. I'm, I'm pretty new to this. So it's the fundamentals right now. And we've all, we've all thought about it. Like what is our entrance theme? What is like your gear? Like, you know, like we've all, we've all, we've all thought these things before. Of course. Uh, in the chat, they're asking, are you training with, uh, with girls, with guys? Is it, uh multi-gender like what's uh what's the makeup like it's it's everybody um it's everyone i i mean it's pretty obvious it's predominantly male but it, um there are a few women here or there um and it's very mixed in terms of ages backgrounds uh weight height everything so that's actually like a really cool aspect of it because i think that um you know if you want to be a good wrestler you just have to get matches in right so you can't be picky and choosy like everyone that we watch on tv they all started taking shitty gigs for 50 bucks out in the middle of nowhere wrestling you know some idiot and those are those are those are the matches that you need to take to learn what to what to do and what not to do and i think um that's that's one thing that's really important about wrestling is um learning how to obviously not fucking hurt yourself or break your neck which i have already done countless times and it's it's scary it's really scary so now that you've started training and you're getting a little bit of an understanding of um the how things start how's watching wrestling changing for you oh um it's 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 weird it's almost like 
I don't know what to compare it to, kind of like an eye-opening acid or mushroom trip where it kind of changes the way that you listen to music or the way that you see sports or in this case or whatever it is, because now, I mean, I, I was like looking at technicals and like what, what finishers are and like what people are doing at every moment. But now I kind of see how many moves have been broken down. And especially in these big kind of scramble matches or cage matches or in and out of the ring matches where they go into the crowd that takes so much fucking planning um, and, and so much um, choreography essentially. And um, I think Aubrey from AEW <clears throat> was talking about it. Um, the refs are just as important too, man. Like they're athletes as well. They yeah. do so much. They're getting in and out and up and down. Like it's there, there's so much going on in such a small space. Um, and the ring that we're using at Super Kicked is a 16 footer, whereas uh, WWE and uh, AEWs is a 22 footer. So it's like a, a smaller ring. So that's that's kind of like intense too, right? Because when you're you know going across a rope or whatever, you don't have as much clearance. So that's true. It's kind of it's kind of gnarly. It's kind of gnarly. You hit harder. It's funny because like you're talking about the referees, and uh, they they are just as integral to the match. Not only. Oh because they're part of the match not they're not just there to count three right they're there to to do a lot more especially if you're working a tv product where mm -hmm. you're getting time cues and they're also telling you you know hard camera to the try they're floor directors as well that's really mm -hmm. what they become uh and i think that's really interesting i try to watch the referees when i'm watching wrestling as well just yeah. because there's little things that they're going to point out that you might not notice or they're going to you know help you out if you get lost in the middle of your match uh and and, and talking about like how athletic they are uh, you watch oh my God. any pro sport where referees are involved. It's the same thing with hockey. Think about mm -hmm. hockey where you've got the team skating up and down the rink, but then you also have the referees doing the exact same thing and they've yeah. got to get there real quick. They don't get to just park their asses and, and sit and wait. Right. It's mm -hmm. a whole thing for them. So, uh, no, I, I like that you shout out the referees there. Uh, I'm not I'm not here to interview you. We're here to chat. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking. I feel like I feel like this is going to turn into an interview of, of your wrestling experience. But I like that we get to catch up and talk about that because it's really well, each cool. week we can kind of come back to it. And yeah, I'll update you. Yeah, that's kind of the best thing. And I think uh, I think people who are watching the show are going to enjoy having that perspective uh, given to them. I think that's really cool. Um, and I'm going to start posting videos and photos and all that stuff. Sorry to cut you off. No, I was going to ask. I, I am hoping that you're going to give us some uh, some media because I know when you took your first couple of bumps, you had started uh, posting those things. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Like when you're when you're in the ring and like you're into it, you don't want to be like, let me just get on my camera and position it. You're just like, let's just keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah, but exactly. I will. I will do that. Um, I forgot to ask you, what are you drinking today? We're at the bar. What are you What are you having to drink? Super exciting today, Joel, because I've been kind of sick and in recovery. I'm drinking like um, a hydrator, like sports drink. <laughs> That's great. I mean, listen, I'm I'm losing sleep, so I'm just caffeinating myself. With mm. great, we're on like a similar channel, Absolutely. channel page. Good, good God, I don't know we're, where it's oh, at today. We're all on the same channel. It's okay. What's uh okay? What 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 are we wrestling? What do you want to talk about wrestling wise? What have you watched? What do you, what do you really want to dig into first? Well, I I think we haven't we haven't talked um face to face online in over a week. So revolution already happened. Holy shit! Everyone's already talked about it. Um, but we can obviously talk about uh, St. Patrick's Day and Rampage. Um, but before we get into that, I just wanted to do like a little bit of a shout out or a segment about um, Joshi Pro Wrestling um, in Japan. Uh, they they had um, an incredible match this past weekend. 
Um, it was called the Grand Princess 22. They happen every year. Um, and it got a 9.1 rating on Cage Match, was which is almost unheard of for any promotion. Um, and these are all uh, female wrestlers. And it's, it, it was incredible. I haven't watched the full match, but I've, I'm very active on kind of the Joshi side of Twitter. And I love watching as many clips and GIFs and things as I can. Um, the language barrier is kind of a challenge uh, with Joshi Rushler, unfortunately. Um, but there is a service called Wrestle Universe, which um, is quite a clunky and slow um, platform, but it is really good. Um, if you live in <clears throat> Canada or the States and you really want to watch Japanese centric wrestling, especially Joshi stuff. Um, so that's where I'm going to watch it. And I've watched some incredible stuff. Um, and the one match that I saw was, um, for the princess tag match, which was fucking bonkers. Like the, it's all speed style, right? Speed style wrestling is like coming into fashion in 2022, not just in Japan, but it's, it's coming over, um, to North America too. And these Joshis overseas just go so fast. It's insane. And um, the Sugar Rabbits took the belt, um, which has an AEW connection because, and I'm going to, I'm so, I'm such a white girl. So I'm going to look at my notes and try and say her name right. The Sugar, the Magical Sugar Rabbits are Yuka Sakazaki mm. and uh, Mizuki. Um, and they took the uh, the win there, and it was one of the most incredible tag matches I've seen in a long time. Um, the rest of the stuff I didn't see, but I just wanted to take a minute or two just to encourage anyone who's watching this to um, check out Joshi Pro Wrestling, um, because if you haven't, uh, you will be mind blown. This is one thing I haven't had a chance to, to wrap my head around, and that is watching joshi wrestling and mm -hmm. i think you nailed on the head that commentary is one reason there's a language barrier uh and as as i i am a guy who pays attention to the commentary when i'm watching regardless of the show like i know a lot of people tune out wwe for the announcers or they tune out AEW announcers whatever it is but for me part of the story while i'm watching is the the words that are being spoken by the announcers, mm -hmm. by the announcers, because they're telling the story, furthering what's in the ring. Uh, whereas I know a lot of people can watch New Japan and listen to the Japanese commentary and be totally fine with it and just understand the cadence with which the announcers speak. That's good enough for them. Mm -hmm. I need I need the words and the cadence, and yep. I think that's something that I'm trying to get by with Joshi wrestling and with any Japanese wrestling. If there's a uh, if there's an English option, I will go out of my way. But mm -hmm. because I don't think any of, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe the chat will tell me otherwise, I don't know of any Joshi wrestling companies that have English commentary on board, like regularly. And I know Stardom at one point. I know the big, the big Stardom events, they bring in uh, English commentators. So yeah, go ahead. Um, it, it kind of brings up an interesting project for someone to do to maybe um, find someone who speaks both English and Japanese to somehow automate subtitles for all this back catalog of just incredible wrestling from Ice Ribbon and Choco Pro and the list goes on because I watch Choco Pro um, like almost religiously on YouTube because um, I like so many of the, the people involved and there's a lot of crossover from DDT and other promotions in Japan. I don't know. I, I know like white girl Japanese like hello goodbye like right. bullshit bullshit but um I, I don't I don't know what they're saying but to me it's 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 a lot more theatrical so um you can kind of guess what's going on and it, it's kind of like 
open to interpretation. Plus, it's just so goofy. They have like swings that like connect to the ceiling so that they can ram each other into doors and they jump out of windows and take fights into the street and stuff. So um, it's a little bit different. And I can understand like what you're saying as well, because especially when you're watching these like two, three hour long <clears throat> events, you know, you're like, I just want to know like exactly what, like who's who, like what the, what the relationship dynamics are between these two characters and like the little nuances that like you, you wouldn't um, pick up on as a non-Japanese speaker. Yeah. I'm seeing in the chat, they're talking about uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro have English commentary for the bigger shows, but yeah. they can't justify the cost for the smaller ones. And that makes mm -hmm. sense. I, they mm -hmm. do. It's the same thing with New Japan. They wouldn't do every show with, an, with English commentary until they started building mm -hmm. that brand. And it's the same thing with Noah. I see uh, Ma Dan talking about that. They, they don't have them for every show. But again, it, it, this is something that I need to work with. And it's not, uh, again, not everyone's the same when it comes to commentary. Uh, everyone kind of takes it a different way when it comes to uh, watching their wrestling. Meanwhile, I can go to a, I can go to an indie show and there's no commentary there, but I can still enjoy myself. So uh, maybe I just have to wake up at three in the morning and watch women's wrestling. One thing I like to do with Joshi is just like not even have commentary on, just put on music, put on some like crazy like synth wave and just like watch <laughs> these girls like go at it. And it honestly is incredible. I got to see like, but I got to see like the impact or I got to hear the impact. True. You want to hear you the know? mat. I want to hear the mat. I want to hear the screams. The slaps and the scream. Sometimes the screeches really bug me though. That's, but that's me. Like that. It, it's with uh, Jericho's it's, it's worse on commentary than the screeching. Let's be real. Oh my God. Yes, he is. <laughs> He's awful. He's coming no for Jericho. an hour every hour. It's fine. We, I, I've said enough nice things about Chris Jericho. There you go. Yeah. Be your own commentary. That's, that's what I should do. Uh, hey. But you mentioned, you mentioned DDT. And uh, we see that they're going to start uh, working with AEW a little bit. They had uh, uh, Christopher Daniels on their on their recent show saying that we're going to do a bit of a talent swap. What uh, what do you think? Are we going to see some of your favorites in DDT? Are you is there someone you want to see come over there? Is there anything you want to see? Uh, who would you want to see from AEW go over to a place like DDT or even any of the Japanese? Yeah, Eddie Kingston oh, immediately. Eddie Kingston immediately off the bat because when this got announced, all I pictured was Eddie Kingston immediately just like pacing around backstage at some show, like doing his fantasy bookings for any like every single person um, that he wants to face. Um, in terms of crossover people that I want to see, I don't know, man. You're putting me on the spot. That's fine. Is, That's is, chat, is chat saying anything? Chat's not saying anything yet. I see okay. uh, Universe's King needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So uh, yeah, and Tokyo Joshi Pro is also working with AEW. So there's going to yeah. be crossover. Uh, th and I think that they had been working, Tokyo Joshi Pro had worked with AEW prior to the pandemic, right? Because when uh, when Kenny was getting very involved with the booking of the women's division in AEW, mm -hmm. there was a lot of work with, uh, with Tokyo Joshi Pro bringing in some of those wrestlers. So I'd like to see that. I'd like to see a lot of those, uh, a lot of those women come back. It'd be good. And and Emmy's training the women's division too right now too, and she's a legend. Um, like she's a Joshi legend as well, right? So she did ice ribbon, she did Choco Pro, she's done so much for uh, the Joshi community and the wrestling community. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it comes. And I said this before, I'll say it again: the pandemic was fantastic for North American women and a and AEW 
because yeah. at the time I would say this a lot, AEW's women's division was still in its infancy, still trying to figure mm-hmm. out what it looks like. And they would bring in a lot of Japanese women who work a different style from what North American wrestling fans are used to. And as a result, some things were kind of lost in translation, in translation, both literally and figuratively. Uh, and then the pandemic hit and a lot of these women unfortunately had to go home or they couldn't appear uh, in, you know, on AEW television. They were in Japan. They couldn't come back. And they started booking some of the indie talent from North America. Yeah. And that helped immensely with AEW's women's division, in my opinion. So from now until... Oh, there's a dog. Give me dogs. Anyway. (laughs) Is he hanging out? I don't want to distract. That's fine. My, my My point really was, now that the the borders are starting to open up and we're starting to see uh, more relaxed restrictions when it comes to, uh, to the virus and all that, we can start seeing more Japanese women on AEW television without mm-hmm. um, completely taking away from what's been built throughout the pandemic. That's how I feel. I'm looking forward to it. And back to what you were saying, like a couple, a couple of seconds ago, um, you know, the pandemic, as horrible as it was, it, it was really good, actually, for jobbers, like for especially in AEW, it gave so many people a platform, including Kid Bandit um, and a bunch of other uh, really interesting people from all over the States, Canada, etc. Um, and one thing that I actually didn't see coming that's kind of related to this topic as well was she does return the other right. uh, the other night. I I was I did not see, like I knew she was going to come back and fuck up deep, but I didn't know when and like I was, you know, a couple of drinks deep, a couple of uh, cannabis soda, soda pops deep. And I was like, holy shit. Like when she came down the ramp, I was not expecting that. And I know that um, she's been having issues just flying back and forth because she has other commitments with film and TV. And she was actually involved um, in Joshi wrestling this weekend and came out and challenged uh, Aja Kong or put her on notice, essentially, which is like that's neat insane 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 so um cool stuff happening in the joshi world always and you should pay more attention to it yeah it uh it was hikari noah versus hikaru shida that was the match Mm. at grand princess for for uh yeah uh, joshi pro so uh, i'm gonna try and go back and watch it i've heard that there was some really really cool uh cool spots cool match good stuff yeah i like speed style it's coming speed (laughs) we're all gonna be on speed by the end of this thing all right uh so we started talking since we're on the women's wrestling talk let's discuss st patrick's day slam let's talk about thunder rosa we'll talk about Britt baker i'm sure we'll talk a little bit about chris statlander and where that's going um but let's start with the cage match what were your initial thoughts coming out to coming out of that match what did you think of the match itself and what are you looking forward to moving forward as thunder rosa now has the aw women's championship Um, (laughs) if you haven't been on the if you haven't been on the internet for the past uh week um i think that it was a perfect setup and like a really good emotional payoff um with everything that kind of led to this match doing it in a steel cage in your hometown with this all-female mariachi band uh you know with the mariachi band entrance music like it was just all so perfect and emotional and was the match a technical wonder five-star match? Absolutely not. It was a very sloppy start, um, but they pulled it off in the end and they did some really cool spots. And I think that the the character dynamic between Brit and Thunder, it's not, 
it hasn't been like, oh, we're we're Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia, like we're these like amazing technical wrestlers. It's an emotional feud that has been ongoing for two years. And this was the only way that it could have ended with the uh with the fake thumbtacks, you know what I mean? So yep. um I I thought it I thought it was great. And um in terms of Thunder being the new champ, I think that it it opens so many doors, not only for herself, but other women's wrestlers, other women's wrestlers that aren't white um, and other women wrestlers that didn't even know that they even gave a shit about wrestling until they saw someone like that. Right. Um, yeah. So I think that it's very emotional um, and like a very huge moment for not only her, but the company. Um, and, you know, kudos to Britt Baker, too, because she's been grinding for so bloody long and um, she deserves rest. Um, and, you know, as much as I love her, I think on previous episodes, I've said that, you know, um, titles will always change in wrestling. That's, that's part of the game. But I think that, um, it just makes sense to go to Thunder now because Britt kind of like ran, like ran the wheels as much as she could. Um, and she probably will get the belt again in the future. Um, but right now, um, Viva La Mera Mera, you know what I mean? It's, it's her time. I agree. And you know what, on top of everything else, we're seeing two women's champions before Thunder Rosa won. We had two heel women's champions. Uh -huh. And you can only tell so many stories with heel champions, babyface challengers, and so on and so forth. Now we've kind of split it up. We've got a woman running the TBS championship gamut, and she is a heel through and through. And then you've got Thunder Rosa winning the AW Women's Championship, and she is very much a face, very well-beloved. And now mm. we can finally tell different stories using different characters and i think as we start a rebuild of Britt baker we'll eventually have her face uh maybe jade but at least have return i would like to see Britt baker the baby face oh she'd be great as just like more of like a southern style baby face um like wwe diva style wrestler for sure i just i want to see her and, and maybe jamie hater have a whole thing not not maybe not a feud, but at least a Jamie Hader and and Britt Baker program. Turn. Yeah, just yeah. a program that turns Britt Baker face. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and I also didn't know, but I saw I think on Squared Circle or someone said that uh, her ring gear was actually a um, kudos to Razor Ramon, which I yep. did not know. So that was also a very classy move, I thought. Um, and she her ring gear has been changing a little bit lately too. So you know. Um, I'm always reading like crap on the internet about WWE. And I saw that like the WWE doesn't really know what to do with Alexa bliss now, because like, she's not like possessed anymore, but she's not, not spooky. And it's like, it's like, Oh, is that happening with Britt Baker? She's slowly like being like, I have to like be nice to like be the champ. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. I'm Cause her, her gear is starting to change too. It's like less like blood and red and teeth and it's more gold and regal and like queen like. So it's funny to me because Brit's gear, uh, like obviously we you just alluded to it. It was the Scott Hall inspired gear for the cage match. And mm -hmm. also outside of that, I was like, oh, it's white, which means someone's going to bleed. It's a cage match. If you're wearing white, someone's, you know, and I, I said on Twitter, I'm like, well, how hard is it to get white or how hard is it to get blood off of white uh, ring gear? But not important. But before that, she was wearing a lot of red and black. That was her that was her uh gimmick for a long time. And then yeah. the golden black was because she's a big Steelers fan. So that always yep. played into it. She liked those colors. Uh I'm interested to see what uh, what other color schemes she comes up with that uh, that tell a good story. Uh, and with Alexa Bliss, they really like selling those dolls. 
the, Lily? the stupid Lily dolls. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> not you. You're not stupid. The Lily doll is uh, is selling out like hotcakes. If I was a little girl, like that would be my chick, man. I would think she was probably like the coolest person ever. Like if I like if I was like I if I knew myself as a kid, that would probably be that'd be my girl. Creepy possessed wrestler. I mean, I when I was at SummerSlam last August or this past August, I guess because we haven't had a full year. Anyway, uh, there they had a huge uh, pile of Lily dolls in a container, and I went one day, and it was full. I went back the next day to meet up with friends, and I walked in, and they were all gone. There was maybe two things left, and one of them was the Jack in the Box or Jack in a Box like structure. As oh WWE no. Everything else was gone because that that gimmick was selling. That gear, yeah. that that thing is working. This doll. So I don't know what they want to do with her because they're seeing the money, but they're not getting any sort of return on investment from a character standpoint. Mm-hmm. They're just getting the money from the merch, which I'm sure Alexa is not complaining. She gets no. of that deal. She gets some of that money. But anyway, she gets to go to Disneyland every weekend, man. She and she's getting married soon, so you know. Yeah, a lot I, of people are getting married. Everyone is now. It's mm. everyone's just following in the Cardona's footsteps. Maybe not. Everyone's just getting married. Hopefully uh, not. As much as I love them. <laughs> I mean, listen. They uh, they had a good weekend with the NWA. Anyway, and, and Impact. They did the Impact show too. But we're not going to and WWF. Everywhere. Why are these people everywhere? They're incredible. But I don't know what Chelsea is doing with her character in Impact. It's confusing me. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm waiting until she turns, like fully, mm. fully turns. The hair confuses me. Yeah. I'm like, are you drunk? Like, well, yeah, that's for, <laughs> when she was Laurel Van Ness. That was the exact thing in impact for her. She was just a the drunk hot mess, the bride who got left at the altar. That I I, I kind of saw that at the tail end, and I loved that, like with the sm- the smeared makeup and everything. It was awesome. Yeah, that was really good. Bring back uh, more look- mean female wrestlers that are like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Yes, and she has that too. The whole like the, the going about Chelsea, like she did this whole thing with her her broken wrist, quote unquote, and then she she went on a tirade on Twitter, being like, "Oh, these you marks thought I broke my wrist again, haha! <laughs> I fooled you." And I'm like, "Great, that's awesome. I love it when people get upset about this shit. I love it when people point it out. That's fun. Yeah, I want characters like that as long as they're not like. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Overtly obnoxious about it. Mm-hmm. She's just playing a really good character. I think she's straddling the line really well. Her and Matt. Yeah. Cardona. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, you want to talk about the, the TNT title match? You want to talk about Wardlow and uh, Scorpio Sky? I do. And I have um, a question for you actually to start that off with is like, like what do you think of Scorpio Sky essentially as, as an AEW 
like front runner. Like he's, he's continued to be pushed kind of as a superstar. He was like, I think one of the first figures um, with um, AW. I'm sure he sells quite a bit of merch. He's very much in the forefront. Um, but it seems that like it, he's not connecting with like mass audiences as a performer. Um, and I don't doubt that he's like an incredible wrestler. Like we've all seen it, but what do you like, what do you think of him? And do you think that he, has that main roster quality and like why do you think i have that kind of opinion and do you agree with it i like scorpio sky i like him a lot yeah. i really enjoy him as a wrestler i really enjoy him as a promo i think he continues to get um pushed to the background very quickly at least he was now he's being a little bit closer pushed to the forefront uh but even this a lot of the story becoming Paige van zandt so mm -hmm. I think with Scorpio, one of the problems is that he's not being, he's not, he's not flying free on his own, but when he is, and we see that, especially in his promos backstage where he does, you know, he does the snap gimmick and then everything turns to black and he speaks really well. And he is believable as a character. We don't always get uh, Scorpio sky as the guy, as the front runner of the group with America's top team with Dan Lambert and all that. And I think that kind of turns people off from what is Scorpio Sky supposed to be. So I like him. I want to see more of him. I think he deserves the TNT Championship. I think his matches are great. I need to see his breakaway from this group that he's in. I think I think that's very insightful. And I think that that happens a lot in wrestling in general. As you can, depending on um, the position of your character in the whole um, organization, um, you can get muddled. You can get kind of like lost behind other characters and stuff, especially with factions like the Dark Order and, and stuff like that. Like I'm like, who? Like you, you get kind of like confused, and you're like, what? Well, why is this even happening? Um, and it's not that it's wasted talent because I mean he's on TV all the time. He's getting pushed. He's he's great, um, and he is a very good speaker. Like whenever I see him, he has a very like um, TV and film quality to him. Like I could see him in. Um, a Marvel film or like something adjacent to that. Yeah. So maybe that's the solution is like a push for more just like really good singles matches with Scorpio that have nothing to do with all this bullshit Lambert, Paige Van Zant stuff. Maybe he turns on them to like get some certain match. Who knows? I like that idea. And I think that Scorpio Sky, I think he nailed it on the head. He has, um, maybe it's not movie star qualities, but he certainly has a, a crossover appeal to me mm -hmm. i'd like to see him act more i know he i think he has in the past but i there's something there when i watch him like he, i i watch him mm -hmm. there are certain wrestlers where it's just like they're on my screen okay i'm my my tv is here or my it's easy to look at watch it there yeah like yeah. I'm, I'm maybe i'm paying attention maybe i'm not because i've got another screen here and i'm paying attention to whatever's here it's a lot of that so with scorpio i want to see him be and continue to be the guy that I have to watch. That is undeniable. Mm -hmm. And even his his tag team with uh, Ethan Page, that was fine. That was fun and yeah. entertaining. But it's just, I'm waiting for something. I'm yeah. waiting for more. Yeah, I agree with you. And um, I don't, I don't even know what it is because, like, you and I aren't even like sitting here shitting on the guy. Like he he has it all. I think it's just the presentation. The presentation is just not like there's some like je ne sais quoi about it that is missing. And and yeah. he 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 was involved with the Funhouse before, which was like this. I'm sure you know Funhouse. It was like a huge video game streaming thing. So he did a lot of like on camera stuff before. So he's very comfortable with talking and being on camera. And um, 
hopefully they could do some like a new writing in the in like in 2022. Yeah. And he he's also he's had such a weird road in AEW. Yeah. Like he really has. And and so I'm just I'm waiting to see when they uh what they do with him now that they've renewed their interest. And it should be good. And we were talking about before, like, can people change or whatever um, regarding Scorpio Sky? Because, you know, now everyone's hooing and hawing about the Briscoes and also bringing Scorpio Sky's name up regarding um, old comments and tweets that are, you know, becoming unearthed that have rather disgusting, homophobic, transphobic, etc. comments. <clears throat> and I think that, you know, it's it's a very situational thing. Like, can people change? Um, but I think that, you know, if 20 years ago you said some stupid shit on the internet um, and then you fast forward 20 years later and you're working with people like Nyla Rose and Sunny Kiss, et cetera, and they seem to be comfortable with you and your friends and they have you vetting them, that kind of makes me think that, you know, you may have learned from your shitty past behavior and not everyone deserves to be like perma-canceled for every single um, mistake. But at the same time, there are things that deserve it as well. Yeah. Well, go, going back to Scorpio, they, so you're, you're mentioning that there were certain tweets or comments that were on Earth. He also went out of his way to put himself in, in front of those comments and yeah. to take accountability for those things. Yeah. He did a full uh, a full interview without magazine. Like he has owned his own comments and he has owned his mistakes and has made amends and made made strides to show that he is in fact a changed human being mm -hmm. now i agree with you that people can change i agree with you that not everyone can change um the briscoe's story is a very interesting one mm -hmm. i think um i don't i don't know how to feel because on one hand there are people pointing out that people like Effie have come out and said that they're comfortable working with the Briscoes. They like the Briscoes. They, you know, they, they continue to, to, to welcome them in the GCW locker room and therefore the Briscoes have made amends and everything's fine. On the other hand, Effie doesn't speak for the entire LGBT community and I certainly don't speak for the LGBT community. So whatever I'm about to say has little to no value. And me neither as well. Yeah. And I think that as a conversation piece, I'm willing to give the Briscoes um, the opportunity to have changed because first of all, the comments were made, God, like almost ten was it 10 years ago? Somewhere around Something's over a decade, I would say. Yeah, it's been a long time. There have been a lot of conversations about the Briscoes having donated part of the Ring of Honor pay to anti-LGBT hate groups, which sounds really backwards. Basically donating it to pro-LGBT groups that defend against hate yeah does that make sense yeah yeah the the, the wording of it is always strange um so they just call it anti-hate groups they just call it anti-lgbt hate group yeah exactly yeah. so they've, they've they've put some of their money where their mouth is they mm -hmm. continue to work uh with all sorts of people some are also bringing up the fact that they've used the uh confederate flag imagery mm-hmm and I understand that. I understand how anyone could feel the trepidation to forgive or believe that there has been change there because that flag has huge weight and not, and it's not a comfortable weight. Um, but I'm also Canadian, so I don't have the full scope of the, of understanding as to what it means with the Briscoes. 
they're so they're clearly on the the supercard of honor show they're clearly having a match with ftr that's been announced it's happening which is great um there's also the conversation spoiler is it cloud alert, chasing they, is it cloud chasing spoiler alert they won the crockett cup for the nwa last night and night two mm-hmm. of that crockett cup event um again it's it, i am willing to give the briscoes a chance because after seeing the people talk about it and seeing how many people have have said what they've said i'm 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 willing to do it but again i'm not going to say that that stops anyone else from feeling otherwise rightfully so that's just what it is in wrestling everything is subjective but that being said there does come a point where certain wrestlers uh deserve maybe a modicum of second chancery not Uh, everyone (laughs) not everyone but go ahead absolutely and i think this raises you know a bigger question that you know um a lot of people in the wrestling sphere especially online on the oh so not toxic at all place known as twitter um um (laughs) they like to complain about how you know wrestling is too woke wrestling is too progressive what about the old days like what about the attitude era and all this and all that and on one hand i understand that like there's a certain charm (laughs) of like the Limp Biscuit era of wrestling or whatever you want to call it. But I find it very strange that people want to challenge making wrestling just a better place for everyone. That's it. You don't have to watch anything you don't like. You don't have to read anything you don't like. You don't have to follow anyone you don't like. And it's really easy. I agree with the idea that wrestling should be a place where everyone feels welcome. I disagree with it being enforced to a militant extent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are people... where is that line? That is, that's the question. Where is that line? Is there a point at which someone can be, someone can misspeak, apologize, and that's enough? And I get that everyone has a different opinion as to where that stands. I want to see wrestling as as an as something that is accessible to everyone. I want to see it as a place where fans of of, of all everything's I don't care gender, creed, culture, whatever you want to say, input line here. I want to see people feel welcome and invested and part of this community. Um, I don't want to see shitheads be part of it. You know, <laughs> we're mm. pretty open about that. Uh, but what is a shithead? Everyone digs it differently. As is, there's no way to do it right. There's no proper way to forgive somebody. And there's no proper way to apologize uh, because everyone's going to accept or not accept the apology differently. And it's up to the individual. Like another good example was um, more recently, um, what's his name? Uh, Max Castor made some pretty spicy comments about uh, sexual assault in one of his um, acclaimed raps, right? Yeah. I did not like that at all a lot of women and a lot of people did not like that at all and you know ran to twitter to be like you know like something needs to be done about this like whether or not he gets fired is like a little bit ridiculous but like something needs to be like done about this and it was um and i think that you know max castor learned his lesson you know like you can be spicy you can have hot takes i say crazy shit on the internet i post crazy shit on the internet but you have to you have to really think about that before you put that out into the universe and if you're gonna you know troll someone or say something rude or or just like kind of like offhand just like leave like a nasty comment or whatever like that affects people so it's just something to think about that's all yeah and and i'll leave it with this 
as we and then we'll, we'll move on to the next topic um yeah, yeah. i am seeing so much of this shit on yeah. places like twitter people attacking other people for an opinion people attacking other people for it's crazy literally existing for having friends and i will what is what does that serve what does that accomplish? And, and what is the end goal? You know what I mean? It's just, it's very bizarre to me. I just want people yeah. to touch grass and, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, Ooh, everything needs to be kittens and rainbows, but like, good God. You know, what's kittens and rainbows? Leaving a thumbs up on this video eh? and, and commenting and telling me how cool my assholes live forever hoodie is and how awesome my article with kid bandit now available on fightful.com and fightful select is. I think that's a good idea. I think everyone should uh, drop that thumbs up while you're here, and uh, you know, get us get us out there. Talk talk to your friends. Share the link with this video and let people know that we're here and we do this every single Monday, or at least you know, as many as we can, around 5 p.m. Eastern. We're live, or you can catch the replay. Whatever, I don't care. Let's talk about Rampage. Let's just, you you have your feelings about Rampage. Rampage was on at, at an ungodly hour. I was so tired. Oh, I didn't do it. I, I am old and I go to gym too much to stay up that late. So <laughs> it was actually really nice watching it um, the next morning. Like I wish I had like a bowl of really sugary cereal to like really have mm. the true experience with. Um, but it, it was actually kind of like nice to watch it with the sun up. Um, however, um, that, that was taped the same night as uh, the St. Patty's Day Slam. So those were kind of like the go home matches. And like you could you could really tell like after that cage match like what do you like what do you do it, it was definitely right. not one of, it was definitely not one of the better episodes of rampage and um that was episode number 33 which is actually crazy to think about um i just i i really like AEW. i wouldn't go as far to say like i love them they're my favorite promotion but i do i really like AEW. Um, but I don't understand the formatting of Rampage and like, I don't think that it's like being utilized in a very like interesting or smart way because, and it's not even like, oh, it's only an hour. You can do a lot of interesting things in an hour. I just think that, you know, we're, we're 33 episodes deep into Rampage and like, it's kind of still a mess to be honest. And it feels like a lot of filler, a lot of like sloppy stakes and, uh, just a lot of kind of like dark matches to be honest with you. It's almost shoulder content in a way it's almost telling uh the th it's like a third hour of dynamite in a way that it is sometimes seen as the leftovers the stuff they yeah. maybe was started on dynamite and they want to just not push off but at least put onto a third hour of television that they can show i don't think anyone ever expected this to be this like heavy duty um no smack like smackdown to wwe's raw style of, of storytelling i don't think anyone expected it to be that way in the tv shows i think they just expected rampage to be the um the extras it, it, yeah. it's not dark it's not dark elevation it is main tv but on a different night and at a weird hour but it's which, easy to which watch is just weird and it is very easy to watch and that's kind of like a nice way to like cap off the week and just like not think too much it's like kind of like lighter wrestling in a way like it's not as involved um and i mean this week's episode i thought the standout match for me personally was um andy and darby Al was it uh, yeah darby allen and the butcher yeah yeah yeah. it was yeah. it was amazing and i just wanted to comment on you know i'm a huge metal fan and like i grew up like going to every time i die shows and when I heard that they broke up because Keith is like an asshole that probably wants like money or something like I was so gutted, but I was also kind of relieved because I could tell that like Andy was going through some shit. 
like mentally, physically. Um, and he, and he kept getting, he's very injury, like uh, injury prone. Cause he's a big guy and he's not young and plays guitar. Um, and he just looks so fucking, he, he looks so fucking good. He looks yeah. so fucking good. And, um, that was a really fun match. I really liked that match, but everything else was kind of like a bore to be honest. Even, uh, the house of black. I was like, what is happening? Like, what is this match? Kind of a thrown together thing just to get House yeah. of Black over, put them on the card, get Buddy Matthews the win or Brody King, get the, the team the win, but also showcase Buddy Matthews a little bit mm-hmm. and also put Fuego on there so that you laugh a little bit. Here's, here's Fuego and Elsol with these giant dudes and now they're going to throw each other around. That's fine. It's a, a little entertainment, I guess. Yeah. Um, what, did, what did you think about Red Velvet and Layla Hirsch? Dude, um, so there's two aspects of this match that are that need to be talked about. One is the Chris Statlander aspect, which is amazing. And the other aspect is that, you know, uh, Layla, Layla Hirsch is another uh, wrestler who's being pushed quite a bit right now on TV. And um, she is an absolutely incredible wrestler, but I don't think that she is an incredible like TV kind of like getting pushed for belts, getting pushed in like for like the bigger fights type wrestler. Um, I think she's a lot more useful to kind of like fuck shit up in other factions and, um, you know, make storylines like a lot more like um, like scary and aggressive for like other challengers. Um, they also have relied on the turnbuckle and the ramp gimmick quite a bit. These two. Yes. Um, and I was like, oh, we're doing this again. Um, so I was glad that, you know, that got interfered with with Chris. But overall, um, I thought this was quite a sloppy and pretty boring match, to be honest. But I will say that uh, Red Velvet has improved quite a bit. I know that she was um, getting a lot of harassment on Twitter. Um, I think it was about like her moonsault or something. And she took that harassment. And now she is landing those things 100% of the time. Like she is, you know, like sometimes like getting told off, like it makes you like be like, shit, like I need to... <laughs> I need to like really land these better. Um, yeah, you got your so, shit together. Yeah. So um, kudos to Red Velvet and like, kudos to anyone who like, you know, gets on TV and wrestles. But this week was kind of like a like a 2.53 for me. So the Layla Hirsch thing kind of bugs me mm-hmm. in that they brought her onto the buy-in, gave her a really good win against uh, Chris Statlander. Mm-hmm. And then they had her lose to Thunder Rosa the next, not even the week later, three days later yeah. on Dynamite as, as a way to get Thunder Rosa to that world championship match at St. Patrick's Day Slam. And then they put Layla against Red Velvet and Red Velvet beats Layla Hirsch. At, so it's like, we're going to have you win and it's going to look really good and you're probably going to start getting a build. But then they completely get, they, they give her two losses in a row. Yeah, And I was just, I was a little confused as to what, happened that made them make those choices i don't know if red velvet needed to lose i don't know if red velvet needed to win it was just a very strange a very strange act and with chris statlander that's a whole other can of worms i I know you said you enjoy what you're seeing um the reveal was very lackluster for me the reveal was very lackluster and it came out of nowhere um and i feel like especially with those three like you're saying it's it's just weird like the program hasn't necessarily even been established yet like obviously it's chris and velvet versus layla but like it do- it doesn't make sense because chris is like so much stronger than layla and like velvet has beaten her before and um layla could never go over like so many people right and like they're not really going anywhere with it and like they're kind of yeah they're kind of like human centipeding the plot line like it just keeps like feeding into the same thing (laughs) over and over again right um 
but I love um, the Chris Dale Anders kind of like um, much more confident in herself, much more confident on camera in her body that she's, you know, changing her look. But I, I do agree with you. I think that they could have done, oh, I don't know, a million billion other things to make that a little bit more impactful for sure. When they had her kind of wiping away the makeup on Wednesday, Chris Dallander and taking mm -hmm. out the, um, Very cool. the, the, the eye contact. I was mm -hmm. really excited. Mm -hmm. I was like, cool, we're going to do something totally different. Hopefully she's going to come out. I, I made the joke. I was like, it's going to be Chris Catchlander because Stop. when Allie Katz became Allie Catch, it was a completely different gimmick for her. Bring back Allie like, Cat. Yeah. So they were try it was like, we're going to do Chris Catchlander. It's going to be someone who's a, a quote unquote serious wrestler, blah, blah, blah. Instead it was now she's in all black. She doesn't wear the, the contact but she's still now she's wearing ziggy stardust makeup like now she's a harry potter uh, lightning bolt and that that to me i was like well eh, not it doesn't do it for me i'm willing to see what they say is the reasoning behind it but for mm -hmm. now i'm just i was left feeling not so great about it i i want to see more out of it and i also want to see more out of Layla hirsch i want to see them build her up as a credible opponent because uh, build her up when she's like four foot two but the point is build her up to be a credible person who can beat the shit out of she needs better gear too she needs better gear and that's like i know she's short and she kind of has like a very unique body type but like girl you can, you can, dress you can do that. better than that yeah, yeah you can do better right. than that. and i and i'm not gonna be the one to say it so i'm glad you did um because i do agree with you there are yeah. better ways to dress as it, yeah any any shape especially and size at this point right yeah. yeah and any oh, any yeah, shape yeah. and size can be can be dressed flatting flatteringly flattering yeah, now it is. Now it is. Sure, we've added to it. Um, what else was going on? There was something else we were supposed to talk about. Now I cannot remember. I'm trying um, to look at everything else that was on that match. Oh yeah, the Hardys uh, tag scramble. Um, the pre on the previous night was incredible, and I I don't care what anyone says, Joel. I am the biggest Hardy Mark ever. So I'm just having. <laughs> An absolute blast the past couple of weeks, just releasing my inner emo girl. I might get some um, fishnet. Um, oh, do gloves. it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Please do. Uh, it was fine. Again, I, they're. And I love private party. I love them. It's, I like that yeah. they're getting pushed. It's early. I'm, I, I like stories. So for me, everything is early and they throw a yeah. match like that out there. I'm just like, cool, really fun enjoyed it these guys know what they're doing good enough let's move on you know that's kind of my feeling when i watch wrestling and then have to talk about it afterwards i like the storyline beats yes yes speaking of storylines i want to ask you a very important question okay. one that we kind of touched on before we went on the air but we didn't really talk about fully so i'm not trying to take you off guard no no are you looking forward to wrestlemania this year at all knowing it's in two weeks um actually yes i am um, and it's for a pretty simple reason. Uh, I don't, and I've, I, I like to preface any statement I make about WWE always by saying that I'm a very casual watcher. I more know a lot more about older WWE, like your Stone Cold era and even before that. So what has happened to WWE in terms of bookings, in terms of storylines in the past couple of years, especially during um, the pandemic and leading into WrestleMania is that they don't rely on wrestling anymore. They rely on a lot of talking, a lot of promos, and a lot of bullshit, in my opinion. And now you have this other aspect that also is relying on old stars and celebrities like the Paul Brothers and Johnny Knoxville and, and all this stuff. So 
the the thing that I find very funny about modern WWE is that it continues to be the most carny carnival of all time, but they won't admit it. So I'm very curious to see how this carnival turns out this year because they're pulling out all the stops. I'm very curious to see what happens with Stone Cold. I think it's going to be a huge letdown personally. Um, I'm curious to see um, what happens with any of the women's matches, especially with Ronda, because like I don't even know why she's there personally. Um, and I'm just very curious to see how it plays out. I always... It's not even that I hope for the best. I just hope for like a good outcome. But I remember um, last year's was actually pretty good. Night one, especially with Bad Bunny was awesome. So we'll see. My general feeling is there's there's a lot to look forward to when it comes to WrestleMania. There is. I think the matches by and large will be fun. I think the, the wrestlers know how to wrestle for the most part. You can say what you will about Ronda Rousey's wrestling style. Charlotte Flair is a great wrestler. She can absolutely lead a match with just about anybody. So I'm looking forward to that match. The build has been nothing for me. Have not enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Becky and Bianca, uh, again, looking forward to the match. I'm hoping for the storytelling to shift from my title versus your hair. But we'll see. We'll find out uh, with Raw. Go ahead. Do you have a question? I have a question about Bianca is her hair is so important to her character for so many reasons. And especially as a black woman, for sure. She wants to like be proud about, you know, her identity and her like amazing hair. But do you not think that it's time for her to get like a different gimmick, like not even necessarily change her hair, but like use it in a different way. It's not fully for me to say, but I will say that I don't, I don't see her use the hair often. It mm -hmm. only in NXT she did, and then when she came up to main roster, the hair was no longer a hindrance. It was just an except. It was it was um, a, an exception. Doesn't she like whip people with it and stuff like that? But the story there, the 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 uh, agreement, the unspoken agreement is, don't mess with my hair, and I won't use it against you. Oh, that's so great. It, that's and great. that's the only time she'll use it is if someone pulls it, pulls her hair, or tries okay. to, to. Yeah, if anyone tries to to attack her by the hair, then it's fair game. She can use it. That's this her, is what that's I don't know as a casual. No, that's fine, and 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 yeah. I think that that that's an important thing to think about is you mm -hmm. know how how people use their gear, their body parts, whatever it is in exactly. storytelling. Um, so for this match, as long as they don't try to make this like my hair versus my title, like I, that's I what I'm saying, that. right? Like I but I just I don't think I don't I don't do like that. how they I just don't like how they treat like people like people in general so i i'm yeah. curious to see the presentation especially for the women because there's so many amazing uh like talented people in uh in the card yeah meanwhile is the, the full card side, announced uh almost we got a okay. couple things to go including potentially something big tonight we'll find out um but lastly i'll say you're right about part-timers or, or just bringing in the the celebrities that's been a part of wwe forever like i just did yeah. a, i did a show with josh robinson we do so bad it's good we did an episode about snooki and like, oh, I, and I, I said on Twitter that like I had a full page full of notes about about Snooki. So when that drops, you'll you'll want to watch it. But we talk I'm gonna about be Snooki. Live. It's it's the point being that when you bring in the celebrities, they often do a pretty good job at bringing a few more eyeballs that you didn't have before. And Johnny Knoxville is doing that really well mm -hmm. with this stupid build with Sami Zayn, which I think is hilarious. 
giving out his phone number, getting him on TMZ. Like there's just really good storytelling in there. The match doesn't have to be great. It's now Mm -hmm. anything goes. So I expect the jackass guys to get involved. I expect a lot of broken, broken spots, broken people, whatever. I expect just silly high spot gimmickry shit. And that's fun. That's fine with me. So there, there's a lot of coming and going with WrestleMania. Uh, And then the main event, like I'm looking forward to Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. You switched the sides. Roman's the heel. Brock is the face. It's going to be a different, potentially a different match. And I want to see how they tell that story because it'll be a little bit slow in plotting, but then they're going to kick it up because these two know how to work each other. So there are bits and pieces of WrestleMania I'm looking forward to. I'm glad it's not a seven hour show on one night and I'm not so glad that it's still a seven hour show over two nights. (laughs) I just want them to go back to a four hour show one night. That's it. God bless those production people. eh? Doing the tear down, the load in all that stuff. My God. They work their asses off. Yeah. I appreciate that stuff. Anyway, I just wanted to get that out there because I think with the WrestleMania build, um, people are at different feelings and i wanted to get different expectations different expectations yeah Yeah. and and i try to keep mine fairly low when it comes to wrestling because wrestling is not exactly like haute couture we're not here like talking about it's a big deal it's wrestle it's wrestlemania it's a big deal it's always fun and um i'll definitely uh, i'll definitely check it out tell us in the comments are you looking forward to wrestlemania are you looking forward to something else who knows the collectives that weekend everything's going on Supercard. there's a whole it's wrestlemania weekend let's get out of here lily it's last call where can the people find you on the internet they can find me at, at Lily Z on Twitter. You can find me on Fightful. You can find me on Strange Comforts. You can find me on TikTok. You can find me on every social platform. So much stuff going on. We drop content every single day here at Fightful Overbooked. Audio, video, whatever you want. I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Sayonara. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.